2023. We're coming to you from the Go Goat Sports Studio, built by Arborly here at the iconic Wall Center downtown Vancouver. If you're out by the airport, might we suggest the apron at the Western Wall Center YBR? Eat locally fresh. Eat well. Matt Sikers alongside Blake Price. Grace has hitting switches and conducting things. And this show, a presentation of the Applewood Auto Group. And Blake, as you know, I have been driving around the last week here in this new Infiniti QX60, and I absolutely adore it. Can't wait to have it out more this summer. And last week, yeah, last week we had a wonderful time visiting a couple of Applewood dealerships, the Performance Center in Langley, and of course, Applewood Nissan Richmond. I, I love the fact that they have double decker storage of the cars. They here's yes. the one thing we can say about Applewood. They've got vehicles, folks, and <laughs> yes. dependably uh, may have more vehicles on their lot than anybody else in Canada. So go check them out. You want to make sure you can actually buy a car. Uh, head to Applewood Nissan there in Richmond. You can get the twenty three Rogue starting at ninety nine dollars weekly. The twenty three Murano at starting at one hundred and thirty five dollars weekly. And of course, it's all good. At Applewood, Bodog poll question today. We are asking you, will Lionel Messi ever play a game at BC Place? You can vote yes or no at Sakarison Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. Bodog, line of the day for me. Speaking of soccer, very big week of soccer coming up here, including Canada at the FIFA World Cup, down under. They are the eighth choice overall to win this tournament at 30-1. to 1. Burnaby's Christine Sinclair going out in glory if Canada wins on your Bodog line of the day. Yes, we have the Women's World Cup beginning. Canada's first match is Thursday against Nigeria. We have the Caps Friday against Club Leon, who their head coach, Vanny Sartini, calls the best team on the continent, so plenty of soccer happenings, mm-hmm. including the unveiling of Lionel Messi down at Inter Miami. What do you think, Blake? Is he going to ever play a game here at BC Place? Is the MLS schedule maker ever going to give us Inter Miami at BC Place? And if so, will Messi play on the turf, which was under fire from an LA Galaxy player after the game on Saturday? Well, here's the thing um, there will be grass at BC Place. In the not-too-distant future. For the World Cup in 2026. Covers that year. So I would suggest that that year minimally, Lionel Messi makes an appearance. Uh, My hope would be that the Whitecaps or the powers that be get into the year of BC Place and Major League Soccer and say, you know what, can can we make sure that the grass is in good shape for the World Cup? Can you can you get it in early? Can you get it ready to go for May of 2025? Play a season on it, make sure it's up to stuff. And then maybe in 2025, Lionel Messi is able to to make a uh, a debut at BC Place. So I, well, I'm, I answer is yes, he plays at BC Place eventually. See, I don't think they should have to bend the year of Major League Soccer. I think it is incumbent on Major League Soccer, given all the accommodations you have made for Inter-Miami and this move, to ensure that this player touches every league market and that every fan in North America who wants to, is able to, gets a chance to see him play live and in the flesh, whether it's turf or grass. I'm sorry, but he's deep enough in his career. He can gut out 60 to 90 minutes on turf, for heaven's sake. Uh, if need be, he and needs what, he to play to in every market. He's not going to go to Seattle. Like you, those are all yeah, exactly services too. So nonsense. Yeah. All right, Bodog poll question from Friday, and we did uh, we did twenty three hundred votes on this. Should the Canucks be in on Tony D'Angelo? Absolutely. Are you effing kidding me? Or if the price is right, Blake, what won the poll? Uh, are you effing kidding me? Won the poll. I'm sure it pained you not to pick the prices right. <laughs> you are you are correct. Kidding me won the poll. What percentage did 60? 71. Oh, it went up. Okay. All right. Price is right got 20% of the vote. Absolutely got 10%. We're rounding up there. So totals 101. Nobody put me on easy nose yet. Early on it was 20 60 20. Um mm-hmm. so eventually uh, people went away from Tony D'Angelo, it looks like. Comments, Steve, he's already been bought out by two teams, right? Regardless of what the reasons for that were, on ice or off ice or a combination, 
pass. Right. Bruce, how? As it is, Team Rutherford is probably going to have to play chicken with the owner's wallet again for another buyout to be cap compliant to start the season. Doubt it would be a buyout. Think at this point you're looking to move money. Brian, literally no reason. Terrible defensively. Can't kill penalties. At least Tyler Myers is big. Also, he wouldn't mess. He wouldn't mesh with the market. Salt and paprika. I don't think our leadership group is strong enough to handle a guy like that in the room. Plus, we already have Hughes and Ronick on the power play. He's really talented, but not a fit for us. Colton. I think it depends on his maturity. Canadian market, in-depth media, rough franchise. If he can check his BS at the door, then yes. If he can't, then a tough pass. A very helpful player for the back end. And lastly, Pavel Burry's flow says 100% he's good. Mind-boggling how people care about someone else's political beliefs. You know, on the uh, on the submission, um, Canucks have not are not going to arbitration with anybody, right? So they can't. There's no second buyout window for the Canucks. Yes. So there's no more buyouts coming. And I think it's beyond political beliefs. I think it's sort of how he treats people. He's also it's just a big, he's it. also just a big loud guy. Um, so yeah, you're right. Put throw the politics out the window if you want. You've still got a guy who's I don't want to say disruptive in the room, but has the risk of being disruptive in the room. I think that's safe to say. He's good at one end of the ice in his yes. own zone. He's a tire fire. You gotta yeah. you gotta insulate him. He's a matchup guy that you gotta shelter. But a exactly right. the sixty five games, a lot of people oh yeah, lots of value. That. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And if you didn't have a power play quarterback, then yeah, you might be willing to make accommodations That's here. Right. But you have Quinn Hughes. You have that here. And as right. we've talked about, you have the right shot puck mover offensively inclined, or at least you hope you do. In Philip Ronick. although, you know, we shall see. Look. I think Susie and Cole are being asked to do big things here for the Canucks. So mm-hmm. you, you you do wonder if they are still hopeful somehow, some way of finding another defenseman for this summer is up. We shall see. What, I keep on seeing some some stats models churning out some really positive report cards on Ian Cole's season from last year. Now, he's on a good team there. So whether or not that, that can translate... Um, remains to be seen, but um, I tell you, there's some flattering stuff being churned out there about Ian Cole. Like far yeah. more flattering report cards on him than on Carson Susie's year, who everybody seems to have liked from last yeah. year. Yeah, uh, I saw the tweet from Travis Yost uh, of TSN. Yeah, well, yeah. uh, yes, his model on Ian Cole, which looked really good. I did see what Cam Sharon said though uh, as well. He says, "Not sure I buy that Ian Cole is that good. He's a decent enough plug and play third pair defenseman on a team with good forwards." For that to not matter, but I think he'll be exposed if he plays a lot on the That's second the pair, as the Canucks yep. are likely counting on. Um, you know, speaking of disruptive players, Blake, you remember Matt Cook of the yes. Vancouver Canucks? Yes. Would it surprise you to learn that Matt Cook, I believe, is interviewing for the head coaching position with the Vancouver Giants? which was left vacant when Michael Dick left the team late last week. We talked about it Friday. Really? It does surprise me. It does mm-hmm. surprise me. But it doesn't surprise me in this regard, and I have no idea what uh, what his personal life looks like, but uh, I believe he settled down with somebody from here, uh, lived not too far away from me, in fact, and maybe looking to get back into the market. So maybe that's yes. a big part of it for him. Well, and apparently uh, pursuing the coaching rank. So we'll see what yeah. the Vancouver Giants do there with their vacant head coaching position. North Vancouver's Connor Bedard is 18 years old today, and he has signed a contract with the Chicago Blackhawks who made him the first pick in the 2023 NHL entry draft. For those of you who were hand-wringing, wondering, oh, when's Bedard going to sign? And all these other draftees are signed. He had to be 18 to sign. So happy birthday to Connor Bedard. And, of course, he gets his entry-level salary. It's as much as $4.5 million in performance bonuses, Blake. I suspect he will hit some He'll of hit those. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And uh, while well, Chicago can either account for that this year or next year on the performance bonus size, but congratulations to Bedard. We're hoping to, ha- hoping to have him on the show here later this week. He's joined the show many times in the past. I also hear that he's uh, enjoying himself, not only playing Inline hockey, Grady, but also hitting a little white ball around Northlands uh, over on north over uh, on the North Shore. So Connor Bedard officially signing his NHL 
contract. And, you know, somebody was asking me yesterday at the Canadians game, like, how good is he? And I was like, well, I, I think he's the best prospect since Connor McDavid. And they're like, what do you think he's going to do in his first year in the NHL? Blake, I wouldn't be surprised if we're looking at a 50, 60 point player in his first year. I mean, that kind of dynamic skill, that shooting ability, that release, the angles that he's able to get a puck uh, off his stick and quickly, not to mention the accuracy and just creative with terrific hands. I I think he's going to be a big success uh, right out of the shoot here. I think that's a a great guess. 30 goals, 30 assists. 60 points. I bet you he scores 30, though. I think I think that I think like not a lot more than 30. I don't think he's getting to 36, but I, I, 31 goals on the year, a lot of those on the power play. Yeah, I could see that. Absolutely. Do you remember McDavid's first year in the NHL? Um, I don't. And it wasn't really. a full first year. He played 45 games for the Oilers in 2015, 2016. Was that the year he got crunched and injured his shoulder behind the net? Forget if it was that year or if or it the was leg. Somebody checked him and leaned on his leg. I can't remember. Yeah, anyway, uh, what, Brandon what, Manning. That's yeah, right. Manning. Yeah, it, he was forty-eight points in forty-five games wow. with sixteen goals for Connor McDavid. So, so goals, he was more a but, point per game. Yeah, you know, I, I I think asking Bedard to be more than a point per game might be a little from the wing. much in year yeah. one. Yeah, he's not well, play is he going to play the wing? Is he going to play center? That's another I, big question. That she plays the wing in year one. That'd be my guess. Yeah, so that, that's a lot for an undersized guy in year one as a teenager. <laughs> but, of course, look what he did at the World Junior Championships compared to all the players, including Connor McDavid, oh, that's true. who didn't reach that level uh, at that age at the World Juniors. Some news from our old friend Dave Tomlinson on Friday. Dave Pendy. Beautiful letter to Kraken fans in the city of Seattle. I will read after careful Mm -hmm. consideration. It is with a heavy heart that I have decided to step away from my position as the Seattle Kraken Radio Color Commentator. I have been offered a new broadcasting opportunity with the NHL in Canada and have therefore made the difficult decision to leave KJR and the Seattle Kraken Audio Network. We talked to John Shannon on Friday if he had anything further on the Canucks color commentary opening. Now that John Cheech Garrett won't be doing it, I suspect that you can connect this dot with our old friend Dave Tomlinson, a former Canucks analyst, of course, North Van guy. And uh, look, um, we still await whether Ferraro is going to be a part of this, if it's only going to be Dave Tomlinson. But I sent a Dave a note. I said, wherever you may go, wherever you, whatever you may be doing, all the best. And he's going to have the memories of being able to say he was there to call the launch of a Seattle Kraken franchise. And, of course, they got to the That's NHL's final eight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, let's face it. That will be a big highlight for this franchise in its history, right? Year two, we made we made the final eight of the NHL, the conference semifinals. And it was a terrific run, including unseating the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche and winning a deciding Game 7 in Denver to advance. Which, by the way, uh, could bode well here for the Vancouver Canucks because uh, Dave has taken on two full-time jobs as a color commentator in the National Hockey League. And within the first two years, both times, <laughs> they've gone to at least the conference final. Or no, sorry, just one, just one playoff win for the for the Kraken right. this year, right? So, but hey, they've won playoff rounds at the very least. Of course, Tomlinson took over from Tommy Larshite here, went straight to the Stanley Cup final game seven in year one, and then uh, year two with the Kraken, they uh, win a playoff round and and surprising people as well. So, so perhaps. Tomlinson's the lucky charm. Now, eventually, Tomlinson called some dogs of games with the Vancouver Canucks, but at least early on, there's a there's a Dave bump. So uh, perhaps we'll see that in the next two seasons for the Canucks. Whitecaps with a huge win Saturday at BC Place, four two. They beat the LA Galaxy, a second consecutive home win in what was a very busy week for the club. They have vaulted into seventh position in the MLS West, as we have been mentioning here for weeks on end. They have um, games in hand over just about everybody in the conference. So one more win, that game in hand, could actually get them into fifth place. 
Now the sledding gets a little bit tougher with a lot of road matches coming up in MLS play. But first, we have Leagues Cup. That's Friday at BC Place, a 7.30 start against Club León of Mexico. As you'll hear later in the show, Vanny Sartini with all sorts of praise for this Mexican side. And we're giving away two four-packs of tickets to the match on Friday. Text hashtag Whitecaps to 778-402-9680 for your chance to win. We will announce the winner on Wednesday's show. Blake, you called the game Saturday. What did you make of this side that was missing Vanny Sartini from the touchline? Suspended due to yellow cards. It seems crazy to say this, but they win four to two, and I just wish they had finish. <laughs> like it, this game should have been put to bed at the break. Like it should have been five nothing for the White. They had three crossbars on the day. Um, it should have been five nothing, easy, and then no no amount of comeback would have been possible from the Galaxy. They only put the three in, only quote unquote. Uh, Galaxy shows some spunk. Claw two back, down a man, and it was nerve-wracking. The last few minutes were nerve-wracking. They didn't need to be, um, and ultimately they get uh, the goal to death to seal it. But um, the defense is not where it was. I mean, I can't believe this is the same squad that set the franchise record for shutout, uh, shutout minutes in a row um, because they're uh, they're flimsier right now at the back, and yes. Yohei Takaoka is spilling some balls right now. It's not, uh, not the same guy that we saw in the first couple months of his MLS career, so uh, there's some defensive issues, and they're going to have to outscore them. And if you're going to outscore, you're going to need four. <laughs> you're going to need four a lot of nights to get victory. So um, they need to work on that finish, believe it or not. I like this from our buddy J.J. Adams of the province. He said, I was talking with Sartini pregame. He said the biggest task for interim head coach Michael D'Agostino would be halftime adjustments against a cagey coach like Greg Vanny. Well, when you're up 3-0 at the break, you don't worry as much, especially when the other side's down to 10 men. Yeah, About crazy. halftime adjustments, so D'Agostino got off easy there. Then there was Jonathan Bond of the LA Galaxy, who eviscerated the turf here. And look, some of this is sour grapes. He said, quote, I'm not going to lie, the turf absolutely killed me. The ball doesn't bounce on the turf, and it's very difficult when you're training every day and you're used to a certain standard of field. Honestly, that can't be a professional standard of surface. And wah, what's, wah. What's, what's unbelievable there is, and, and like this is a brand new field. Like the field's been there for two years. Like it's not like it's worn out. Um, and this now, I from what I understand, would have to go back. I believe this was considered a decent field, but not the top of the line. This was good. It was you know middle middle grade sort of quality. Um, I mean, I, I don't hear this sort of chirping about New England's turf or Seattle's turf nearly as much. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about it. Obviously, we all wish that they were in a soccer-specific stadium. I mean, the jealousy when you look around the league, you see these places with great steep stadiums. Like, go check out a Cincinnati home match, people. Um, it's a cauldron, big, steep thing. You're right on top of the match. I mean, you'd be sold out every match. No matter how good the team was, you'd be sold out because you're just you're so close to the game. Um, it's too bad. It's it's too bad that it remains a narrative. BC Lions off the bye, back home Saturday for their Week Seven game against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It's a it's a four p.m. kickoff at BC Place. The four and one Lions, the three and two Riders, and boy, are they going to have some fun! In the pregame, you got two pregame tailgate parties going on side by side, one for each team. Fans and team reps from both teams are going to compete in a variety of competitions, including watermelon eating and watermelon smashing, which will be moderated by CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. Of course, beer and Watermelon margaritas are selling for just $5. Delicious $9 burgers on the patio as well. Tickets start at just $25. We're giving away tickets to the Lions game. If you want to get in on that contest, and we'll name a winner on Thursday, text hashtag Lions to 778-402-9680. Your chance to win not only two tickets, but a food and beverage certificate and a gift card to the team store and of course saskatchewan now coming in here 
with Mason Fine at quarterback after Trevor Harris suffers an injury in their incredible Week 6 game against Calgary. And what a thrilling weekend for the Canadian Football League. You get the Saskatchewan-Calgary game, which features a tipped pass touchdown for the go-ahead. Some might have thought winning score in the final minute for the Riders, but Calgary storms back, kicks the field goal to win. Ottawa, with a backup quarterback, erases a 19.4-quarter deficit, beats the Bombers in overtime, and the Alouettes and Argos on Friday night kicked it off with 29 combined points in the fourth quarter at Percival Molson Stadium. You know, Blake, there was a weekend, I want to say it was a couple weekends ago, where there was a lot of low-scoring, sort of ugly CFL games, and we've seen a number of really low-scoring totals here in the Canadian Football League. Week six is exactly the league we know and love. That was great fun over the course of the weekend. Not to mention there was the gaff, uh, the kickoff gaff that ended the game, and you know, giving up the uh, all the points late. You know, just it was uh, it was not a it was a CFL nuance rule that stung a team. Who was it? Was it Toronto that let the kickoff go through the end zone? Um, and uh, you know, like that's bad PR for the league. This weekend was great PR for the league. It was just, it was a postcard for what the Canadian Football League can be in terms of excitement level. So good to see yeah. the league bounce back. And let's hope it continues Saturday at BC Place with the Lions and the Riders. Vancouver Canadians get a walk-off home run from Devontae Brown in the ninth inning last night. They sweep the Eugene Emeralds at the Nat. They are simply the best team in the Northwest League. Juggernaut. Another sold-out game. Was there yesterday, another spectacular day at Nat Bailey Stadium with a fantastic crowd. And it's Jays in Seattle weekend down the I-5. The M's have reached 500 here. Now they got a big series against Minnesota, who's also 500 but leading the AL Central. And with a cushion, M's are five, game backs, uh, five games back of the last wild card, currently being held by Houston. The Jays are on that middle wild card, one game up on Houston. This is always a fun weekend for baseball fans in Western Canada, and we'll see some of you at T-Mobile Park down the I-5 for the Jays and the M's. Let's get to today's menu. It's brought to you by De Dutch. De breakfast, to brunch, to lunch. Get it all at De Dutch. We'll talk to Nabil Kareem today. Vancouver guy, Burnaby guy, who has made it in this business. He's living in the Atlanta area, working for TNT on both their NBA and their NHL side of things. He also worked, of course, with former TNT analyst and current Vancouver Canucks head coach, Rick Tockett, Blake. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get his thoughts on uh, on talk and uh, if they saw it coming there on the panel working together if they knew that he'd be back in the uh, in the league before long. So we'll do some hashtags, the best and worst of Twitter, including DeAndre Hopkins with the new team, some shout outs to local legends, some interesting trade rumors in Major League Baseball. Vanny Sartini joins us. He's back from purgatory and his punishment. He had a uh, thing or two to say about the different view he had of the pitch at BC Place on Saturday. But we talked to Vanny about this League's Cup match that's that's coming up, uh, as well as Mike D'Agostino and some of the success that the Caps have had scoring early goals, early goals in half in, uh, in at the start of the second half, the start of the first half. And, of course, they were all over the Galaxy in the early going on Saturday. Let's get to today's golf report. It is brought to you by... The Arnold Palmer Design Whistler Golf Club. We've been telling you about those client and buddy trips. And, of course, groups of 12 or more. You, the organizer, plays for free. But check out the Nike Pro Shop. Exclusive footwear and apparel worn by Tiger, Rory, Brooks, Scotty, Nelly, Moore, and Palmer's Gallery Bar and Grill featuring one of Whistler's top 10 patios. We're going up Wednesday to play around with their head of golf. Al Chris Manson cannot wait to once again play the Whistler Golf Club. For information, book tee times, visit WhistlerGolf.com. This is the this is the week I finally take down Whistler. Yeah, club. it has bit I, me in the past, yes. too. Uh, I think this that. is the week where I'm finally looking to score yeah. at the Whistler Golf Club. Uh, it is Open Championship Week. The Open being held at Hoylake. Liverpool, where Rory McIlroy has already won an Open Championship, and Blake, he's going in on a roll. Birdies the final two holes of the Scottish Open to get that victory, 
and hits a drive. And of course, grain of salt here, PGA Tour courses probably aren't going to let you drive a ball 427 yards like the prevailing winds and of course the hard pan links of Scotland. Well, 427 yard drive from Rory. It's his longest of the season by 40 yards. Now, look, he's a huge draw. This is going to be a fantastic uh, tournament. Of course, final major championship. Cameron Smith comes in as the defending champion from St. Andrews last year, a live tour player. A little disappointed, Blake, just because we've talked about how great a season this has been for the Canadians on tour. A little disappointing that there's only two Canadians in this field. Abbotsford's Nick Taylor and, of course, Corey Connors. Svensson, Hughes, despite having won on the PGA Tour, Hadwin, all weren't able to get into uh, what is also a very big field, one of the biggest fields in golf. Yeah, unique uh, qualification standards, though, um, and and they're just on the outside. You know, guys like uh, Hughes are, you know, they're 10 rankings positions too too low to to jump into that top 50 and uh, and gain a qualifying spot. So it's almost like because there's so many of them, um, you have to have a huge spike of success. Being merely relevant every week is not necessarily enough uh, to qualify via the RNA, who, of course, have a lot of spots for the European touring pros as well. So you say, yeah, it's the big, big field, but a lot of European touring pros are in this event as well. That's uh, going to take up a lot of the uh, the spots. Taylor Pedroth did his best. Uh, if he had won uh, the Barbasol, he would have uh, made the trip over. He finishes seventh at the Barbasol um, and uh, doesn't make it, unfortunately. So we'll have to be satisfied with, uh, with the two. By the way, Nick Taylor, who is there... Um, 19th, and he probably would have been top 10 if he had a better Sunday. He was plus one on Sunday at the Scottish, so uh, tied for 19th instead. No matter what you're buying, folks, when you're out in the world looking for this, that, and the other, I think you want to support businesses that you feel good about supporting. You can feel good about supporting the Applewood Auto Group. Uh, They've made the car business and communities around them a whole lot better with their work in the community. Go and find out why it is indeed all good at Applewood. Visit them online anytime at applewood.ca. Happy Hour brought to you by Yellow Dog Brewing Neighborhood Brewing Workshop Spirits. And the weather's getting a little cooler, but we're still pretending we're thriving in the summer. That's summer heat with Workshop Spirits. Ombre Margarita. Hi there, hard lemon iced tea. And hi there, our peach iced tea. We'll keep you feeling tropical all year long. End of the workday. Treat yourself to a Yellow Dog neighborhood or workshop spirit. Let's get into it. I don't know if it was malicious. Probably not. But I do know it was another WTF moment. My question to ownership would be, was it worth it? And the architect, and I use that term loosely, given there wasn't much architecture, more finger painting with this team. It's like the running of the bulls in Pamplona. You know someone is going to get hurt. That's what you all need to understand here right now with little cap space and few trade candidates the vancouver canucks are almost done remodeling for the 23-24 nhl season still a top heavy playoff iffy roster that will rely on coach rick tockett's structure and improvement from within to compete but there are two lingering matters that could greatly enhance the club's chances of a breakthrough next year thy names are calgary and winnipeg We have passed the midpoint of July and are still waiting for these two Western Canadian teams to make more moves. The Flames have already traded ex-Canuck Tyler to Foley, but the the rumor mill has center Elias Lindholm, a center's Elias Lindholm and Michael Backlund on the trade block, as well as defenseman Noah Hannafin, and maybe even another ex-Canuck and Chris Tanev. The worry is, the worry in Cowtown is that these players, all one season from unrestricted free agency, won't re-sign with the club. The ghost of Daryl Sutter haunting this franchise for next year and beyond. The Toffoli trade returned forward Igor Sharangovich in a draft pick. A couple more of those type deals, and the Flames will be officially retooling, if not rebuilding. Then there's Winnipeg. The Jets have already traded center Pierre-Luc Dubois and got a decent return in two young right-handed centers and winger Alex Iafalo. But two elephants remain in the Jets' room. Goaltender Connor Ellibuck and center Mark Shifley. Both are UFA after the season, and while GM Kevin Sheveldayoff has time if he wants it, 
losing either player for nothing would seem a bad strategy for an organization that isn't a free agent destination and must rely on its own drafting and development. As we've talked about, for the Canucks to make the playoffs next year, they've got to jump several teams in the Western Conference. Winnipeg secured the final playoff spot last season. Calgary was the first team left out of the postseason. Any weakening or further weakening of those teams this summer would go a long way. So BC casts its eyes eastward, hoping a couple of old Smythe division rivals play ball. That's welcome at for today, and we invite your feedback. Feedback channels as follows on email, live at sickharrisonprice.com. You can text 778-402-9680. The Great Clips text message inbox. Your local Great Clips is proudly Canadian-owned and operated. On Twitter, at Mansikaris, at Sikharson Price, and a welcome at a presentation of Northland's Golf Course. Can't wait to get out there again tomorrow. Metro Vancouver's premier public golf course. You can book your tee times 90 days in advance. Join the loyalty program. Price your next round could be free. Of course, hit up that patio overlooking the golf course pre or post round. Get all the details at golfnorthlands.com. Harrison Price from Wall Center and a presentation of the Applewood Auto Group. And Applewood Kia in particular. Matt, have you seen how easy it is to get into an electric vehicle these days? Uh, the Kia Nero, even the limited trim, is at 52.9 right now. And for this month, the Nero EV gets financing of 6.49% up to 84 months. And that's a smashing deal in today's economy as well. But a full EV for fifty two nine that you don't ever have to go to a gas station again. Like I don't think people thought that that price would be that low this early in the yeah. EV revolution. But it's there at Applewood Kia. And, of course, it's all good at Applewood. Bodog poll question today. Will Lionel Messi ever play a game at BC Place? You can vote yes or no at Sikerson Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. Bodog, line of the day from me. Winnipeg let one get away this weekend in the nation's capital. I'm sure they're going to be angry about it, but the spread Thursday is enormous. 16 and a half points you're getting with the Elks, and as you know, they don't win at home. They occasionally win on the road. Edmonton and the points on your Bodog line of the day. We're joined now by the head coach of Vancouver Whitecaps FC. They have a big one Friday, Nations League at BC Place against Club Leon. It's our pleasure to welcome back to the program, the one and only Mr. Vanny, the rock star himself, <laughs> Vanny Sartini, to secure some price. How you doing, Coach? I'm good, Matt. Hi, Blake. How are you guys? Good? We're very, good. very well. He, he's calling you the rock star. You're actually the backup singer uh, for the last match. Uh, mm-hmm. How hard was that to be uh, upstairs with us, the unwashed? Uh, well, the view is better, for sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, it's you can see like a, it's a tactical calm when you're upstairs, but of course you feel a little bit uh, helpless sometimes when uh, uh, you want to say something and you want to you see a thing that not is not going well and uh, and you want to help. But uh, to be honest, uh, the first uh, 25 minutes made my uh, at least the first half really really easy to watch. So good. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, coach. Uh, 6-2 against Houston on May 31st, and you credited your assistant, Mike D'Agostino, with drawing up some of those early goals. Now D'Agostino takes over, and you score three early goals. Yeah. I don't know. Starting to get a little worried here? Seems like the D'Agostino guy has the magic touch. (laughs) Well, no, actually, Mike is in charge of the the, um, set plays, like he's the leader of this area. And uh, in the set plays, we have the uh, kickoff too. So we work a lot on organizing our kickoff, but also studying the opposition, the opposition kickoff. Because uh, and uh, and it's going well because I think we scored already four or five goals within the first minute and a half, and and three of them mm-hmm. when we didn't have our kickoff on on the way that like we did like Austin uh, uh, also last week. Uh, it was a, it was basically a scripted play because we. We knew that they were attacking with a lot of players, and if we win the ball, to to, to play the ball over immediately. So, you know, uh, we don't have to be 
uh, worry when someone in the staff is getting is getting bigger and and, and has a bigger role. So uh, it's uh, we need to work for the future too. So that's the thing. Oh, absolutely! Hey, it's a pleasure to see the early goals, and it's terrific to see one of your assistants getting some shine and getting some spotlight for his good work. You're up to seventh now in the West, Vanny. And as we know, um, not a ton of MLS home games to come this summer, of course, yeah. after this Nations or after this Leagues Cup game on Friday. How do you feel about your club right now? How do you feel uh, their position going into the final third of this MLS schedule? Yeah, I feel good uh, because it's true what you said that uh, um, we have uh, more away games than home games until the end, basically double. We have 12 games to play either way and four home. But at the same time, we have one or two games less than any other team that is uh, above us. So uh, I would say we are seventh, but potentially we can be even in, in a higher position. So uh, the team is playing well. And uh, I actually think that uh, having that long stretch on the road with seven games away, with at least uh, two of those trips that are going to be extended trip where we train in that place where we'll play and uh, play a game there uh, will facilitate, in my opinion, the possibility to make more points on the road because uh, um, there's less travel to do, there's less disruption, more times to, to work on and more times to get used of being, uh, of being away. So uh, I think that uh, we're in a good spot now. Yeah, Are the Rangers are... Are the rigors of travel the biggest factor there? Because we, we see in other sports that uh, home like home ice advantage in hockey is starting to go away. Um, is is it just the rigors of travel? Because I, I like your theory here that that you know if you're there and, and you take away the rigors of the travel that that maybe you can even out the road record a little bit. Do you think that's the biggest factor right now? Because you know playing in front of hostile fans, it seems like that's just not a thing for for players anymore. No, I think I, I agree with you. Of course, uh, the the environment. Uh, uh, counts, but uh, I think the travel, it's the especially in this league, is the is the most uh, uh, important factor to determine the 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 possibility for a team to win away or not. Especially us, that we are the team that because of geography travels more in uh, in this uh, in this league. Uh, it's uh, having the possibility to. I give you an example. We'll have. Uh, uh, Chicago, New York. So we'll travel to Chicago, then we'll stay in Chicago, and then after four days we'll play in New York, only one hour of travel from Chicago to New York. We'll have uh, Salt Lake and Houston. We'll travel to uh, Salt Lake, and then after the game we'll travel immediately to Houston, stay three days in Houston and play there. So that's uh, um, it's going to be uh, something that uh, helped a lot, uh, uh, I would say, Again, having more time on the field, having the possibility to train more, and also uh, having uh, less uh, heavier legs, in my opinion. You're um, you're quite right, Vanny. With one win, you guys could vault into fifth place, and that's uh, making up the game that you have in hand on everybody. Do we know the status of the uh, Colorado makeup match? Have, we, have you guys have any idea when that's going down? Yeah, uh, if, uh, if I remember well, it's September 27th, and okay. um, it will be at the end of this uh, extended road trip. So we were supposed mm-hmm. to play six games on a row away. We will play seven games on a row away, and uh, again, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we have to put everything in our in our possibility to arrive at that game to make them consider really, literally a bonus game. So if mm-hmm. we are in a position like now that we are seventh and that game can bring us fifth, that would be, I would say, a, an ideal position to be honest. In the meantime, we've got leagues cup coming up and uh, one home match in that uh, opening round at the very least and a chance to move on because two of the three teams do move on ultimately as well. What's the mindset about Leagues Cup? I mean, I, you know, I, it, these these inside the season tournaments have got to be taxing on you as a coach a little bit because it, it, it makes you divide your focus a little bit. What's what's the attitude from the coaching staff and is, does it differ from the players? Like, do the players have a, do they, are they kind of like, ah, it's nothing. Are they excited about it? Cause you're taking on a heck of a club here. This is a Mexican giant here. What's the attitude about it? Yeah, I think, uh, that's the thing. It's like, uh, uh, so it's hard in my opinion to shift immediately the focus and say, okay, this is a completely different tournament. So I think we shouldn't do it in the sense of, uh, we need to focus this, uh, on these games that we have at least the first two, 
like uh, like their league games because in order to prepare ourselves in order to be better in the, in the final stretch of the uh, of the league at the same time uh, as every tournament when you have a lot of teams at the beginning of the of the of the tournament each team at the beginning is going to see this tournament like ah oh, yeah it's a month we should play the league but then if you go past the first stage you pass the round of 32 and then the excitement comes to we arrive there because at the end it's an official competition with all the mexican team with all the mls team so trying to win this competition would be i would say uh, really 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 massive and uh, and the other thing is that uh, the flavor of international game so we friday we play against the uh, basically the best team in the continent uh, they just won the champions league so i would say it, it's a huge thing also for our players in order to um how to compare themselves and to and to have this uh, opportunity to play against this uh, this uh, very good team and to show themselves uh, uh, against a very uh, against a, a, a very high level opposition and they may well have some fans here in attendance on Friday. Uh, Vanny, what, what, what are you up against here uh, tactically? Uh, what, what's the plan against this best team on the continent? Well, you know that um, Leon is a, is a very good team. They play a, a very fast, uh, uh, direct kind of uh, a game. They press you. So we, we need to be on our best behavior. We need to, we need to be very, uh, I would say, concentrated defensively and be very... Uh, aggressive to counter their their aggressiveness, and uh, uh, I would say play our game offensively like we've done like so far very well. I think our our midfield is is playing very good in creating chances and uh, and uh, the the strikers they they can have space every time. So that's uh, I would say it's going to be a really 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 interesting game. And the fact that Blake said before that. Two out of three teams, uh, they go in, they go, they, 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 they go through, make us even like being more aggressive in the first game. Because, you know, if you win the first game, you're basically almost already qualified. And if you lose it, you still have a chance to qualify winning the second game. So I think that yeah. make us, uh, make us uh, I would say, light in our heart and to say, okay, let's try and go and go for it. Try, try to replica the, uh, replicate the LAFC game. Is that sort of what you're hinting well, at yeah, in terms kinda. of aggressiveness? I would say kind of. The, kind, the, same, of, uh, the same of attitude, sure. Uh, the, same, uh, the same kind of, uh, uh, I would say, rhythm, if you can. Uh, I think we need that kind of performance if we want to win the game. The, the big news across MLS this weekend, Vanny, outside of another win for Whitecaps FC. Uh, <laughs> you know, we shouldn't underplay that. Uh, but that Lionel Messi guy, I think you've heard of him. Uh, he signed. He's official. Uh, Vanny, do you think he's going to play a game at BC Place? There was a Galaxy player very critical of the turf at BC Place. Do you think Lionel Messi would come here and play if it is the same surface at BC Place? Yeah. Uh, everyone can be critical of everything, but, uh, well, it's just between me and you. It's very it's very easy to be critical when, when you made a mistake and you consider the goal. So that's the thing. So it's just more like a justification what Bond said. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, that's um, uh, the other thing is that uh, um, is uh, I think you will play a busy place. So you know, uh, unless you have problem uh, because of your past injuries or or your body something, there's no problem to play at busy place. You know. Uh, uh, Wayne Rooney played the BC place. Zlatan Ibrahimovic played the BC place. Beckham played the BC place. So I know Messi is Messi. Yeah, okay, I'm not. Uh, Messi is the goat. So, but uh, anyway, if those players played here, why why Messi shouldn't? So uh, to be honest, it's the uh, uh, that would be that would be fantastic if next year the league put uh, put uh, Vancouver Miami on the, on the schedule for sure. But and at the same time, the league's cup is interesting because. Uh, I think only if we get into the final and they get into the final, but it's a tiny, tiny, tiny chance that we're going to play against him uh, this season too. Did he mention Andrea Pirlo, Blake? Yeah, did he, Pirlo yeah. played at BC Did he Blake. skip he over the Italian yeah. sensation Pirlo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, true, true, true. Pirlo too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, we look forward to that when the day comes. So mm-hmm. go out and smash through this League's Cup and make it happen earlier rather than later here, Vanny. <laughs> we'll try. We'll try. Thanks for the time, Coach. Keep on rock starring there. All right. We'll okay. catch up soon. Okay. okay. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs> Some price from Wall Center presentation of the Applewood Auto Group and hashtags the best and worst of Twitter is brought to you by Jason Hominick of Jason.Mortgage, a recent Sakarison Price listener contacted Jason one month before their mortgage renewal. Jason noticed they could get out of their mortgage and get a lower rate, even with a get out penalty. This listener saved money. Had they waited on the bank to renew, would have cost them $7,000. That's the advantage you get with Jason Hominick on your side. Find him at Jason. Mortgage. I'll start with uh, one from Michael Gligich, PGA Tour player coming off of the Barbasol Championship on the PGA Tour at M. Gligich Golf. He says, I've had a few interesting animal interactions lately. Today was another first. I get to my ball on the right rough on number three. The volunteers say the baby fox was playing with my ball, nudging it with its nose, picked it up, dropped it, and then peed on it. What's the ruling? question mark as he wonders if he might be able to exchange his ball for those that don't know in tournament golf you can't swap out your ball midway through the hole you have to wait till the end of the hole so there's going to be a moment where Michael Gligich has to pick up said peed upon ball and I'm going to guess it's kind of rank I'm I'm going to guess Fox P has a certain je ne sais quoi to it (laughs) aroma mustiness perhaps yes yes A pungency, if you will. Yes, I would guess. I, you yeah, P rarely is uh, uh, potpourri like. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how fox urine affects the aerodynamics of the ball. All I do know is he gets to the green. He does have to mark it. Let's hope the caddy has brought some hand sanitizer. Yeah, in the golf bag for him. That's uh, must have been adorable. I hope there's probably video of that somewhere. Yeah. Yes, at my sports update. Tennessee Titans signed DeAndre Hopkins, the wide receiver, this weekend. He was one of the two big offensive players who are still out there waiting a contract. Alvin Cook, after being released from Minnesota, the other one. But how badly did the Titans need a receiver of his order? Blake, Mike Vrabel, who played linebacker, had the most receiving touchdowns on the Titans roster until they added Hopkins on Sunday, that's the head coach. He used to run the tackle eligible play with the New England Patriots way back when. Stunned that he had 12 touchdown catches for his career. Prior to Hopkins and his 72 touchdown catches career getting to Tennessee, receiver Chris Moore with eight was the leader amongst active players, and that was still four shy of his retired head coach. Saw something similar um, that last year their leading receiver had just over 500 yards, the fourth lowest uh, leading total on a team in in you know essentially the expansion era or something like that. Like Hopkins, all of a sudden is is an actual elite receiver, which they have not had really in almost franchise history. It's pretty uh, it's pretty crazy to think uh, at the Hoop Central. Breaking, LeBron James will change his jersey number from number 6 to number 23 next season out of respect for Bill Russell, um, which many people are finding a little bit odd seeing as he moved off of 23 originally because he had respect for Michael Jordan. So uh, that respect has waned, apparently, and uh, it is now emphasized with Bill Russell. And, And am I right? Are they retiring six everywhere now or just in L.A.? Uh, I I don't know, but I, like you, when I read that, went, wait a second. You know, for Russell, 23, you know, the day. <laughs> that's Michael Jordan's. Yeah. No, as like as great honest. as Bill. Yeah, I, I mean. I didn't know what number it was. I didn't know what number. But like, I, like, I've got visions of, of the old photos of Bill Russell playing, but I don't know that my, his number ever registered. No. The number, like, is iconic for exactly. Jordan. Exactly. So, like, you know. Yeah, you 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 say twenty three in, in basketball circles. That's that's Michael Jordan. <laughs> with all to me, the only numbers that really resonate in basketball are Kobe and LeBron. 
Like eight and twenty three, you know. Everybody else, you know the names. So I don't know that you necessarily correlate mm. to the number as much. At Ken Sim City, Mayor Ken Sim, Doug and Diane Clement are legends in the Vancouver sports world. They were instrumental in the founding of the Sun Run and bringing the twenty ten games to Vancouver. They represented our country at the Olympics and Commonwealth Games. They're both recipients of the Order of Canada. And Diane was likely the first female president of an athletic organization in North America. Oh, and it was Doug's. 90th birthday. Wonderful to have a chance to proclaim today Doug and Diane Clement Day in the city of Vancouver. Thank you, Doug and Diane, for everything you've done for our city and country. Of course, at the Harry Jerome track meet last week, got a chance to spend some time with Doug and Diane, a Whitecaps match earlier this year. They're absolutely extraordinary people. Happy birthday to Doug, and I'll echo the mayor in terms of what Doug and Diane have done for sport in our community and across our country. This is an interesting little wrinkle here. This is more just somebody responding to the news that Nike has permanently ended their relationship with Hockey Canada after all the scandal uh, at Beyond the Glass. Bauer reinstated their partnership following new leadership in Hockey Canada, but Nike decided to cut ties permanently. Interesting to see the once-joined companies going in different directions. That's true. Uh, Bauer and Nike were once, uh, you know, together and... and uh, uh, had a hockey division built together. Remember Nike skates? Those were Bauer skates, effectively. Um, that has since dissolved, and now they're going in different directions. Nike's saying, and, and that's one thing for Nike to say. I mean, Nike's had some uh, perilous ties to different athletes and, and and that sort of thing in the past, but they don't want to touch Hockey Canada right now. Um, Bauer said okay, Nike says no. No, you're right. Uh, interesting that it did uh, once upon a time... Uh being together, that they did split that way. And then lastly for me, at talking Baseball, the Blue Jays are, quote, showing strong interest in Marcus Stroman per at shy sport updates. Yes, Major League Baseball trade deadline is approaching. I read a big article in The Athletic this past weekend about how Houston, who's normally accustomed to having this loaded roster and staff, is going to be very active here given the shortfalls on their roster right now. And the Blue Jays are also expected to get aggressive here and maybe even bringing back their former starting pitcher, former Vancouver Canadian, Marcus Stroman. Matt, can you imagine? like Nat freaking Bailey, sage right? <laughs> Is he the sage wise one oh. now? Like he was, remember he was too young and brash for the group that was, uh, he was mm-hmm. with uh, 10 years ago. But now with this young, brash group that maybe needs a little bit of leadership, is Marcus Stroman going to be the guy that adds leadership to that group? We'll see what Ross Atkins and John Schneider and, of course, the organization will be very familiar with them. I mean, I think you can argue they made some of the moves this past offseason with Teoscar Hernandez, Lourdes Gurriel, who was back in town as a member of the Diamondbacks with an eye towards the clubhouse and culture, you'll, uh, you know, needless to say, bringing Stroman in, you bring in somebody who isn't afraid to speak his mind and let people know how he feels, uh, both publicly and privately. And that's hashtags for today. Oh, he's gone a long way from Burnaby all the way to Atlanta, Georgia, or suburban Atlanta, Georgia, where he works in T- for TNT's hockey and NBA coverage. It's our pleasure to welcome British Columbian Nabil Kareem to secure some price. Nabil, how you doing? What's going on, guys? Uh, go ahead, Blake. We're doing great. Oh, I, 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 I'm just uh, happy to see your face. It's been a long, long time, and... Uh, yeah, you are a long, long way away from home these days. What's uh, Wait, what, man, what's I, life like for you? I still think back to our Toronto days together, right? Because you used to come fill in once in a while down in Toronto by the time I got there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we used to do stuff together, which was a thrill for me because I grew up watching Sports Page, right? And so that was my, one of my, um, you know, Don Taylor being one of the guys growing up watching him and, and watching you and all the great people that came out of there, all the talent that came out of there. So it was a real thrill to work with you back then. Um, what's going on for me is, well, literally right now, and I was telling Matt this earlier, I'm sitting in a parking lot in suburban Georgia. Like it's, I got my kids at a smoothie shop, uh, with my wife and I'm like, I need like a few minutes here because I just need a break. And this is actually great for me right now. Cause I get a break. 
but no, we're just uh, hanging out, you know, doing some things on vacation, running some errands. But um, George is fun, man. Did you for a second? Th- did you for a second think that your career would take you to live no. in Atlanta, Georgia? Like that? The, like think the things like that cross your mind? Like Toronto yeah. probably seemed yeah, like the first line, right? Because people say, "Oh yeah, like oh, you always want to get to ESPN and." And I, especially people in America, right? Because they—that's like the holy grail here, ESPN, TNT, that kind of thing. But I'm like, no, man. As a Canadian, it, it was TSN, right? It was TSN or Sportsnet or one of the national networks there. Yeah. Uh, never thought, you know, in Toronto, I lived in Etobicoke, which is still a pretty big suburb. And then from Etobicoke in Connecticut, I went to a place called Avon, which has like, like technically about eighteen thousand people. No joke. Uh, and I could have never. So, you know, thought of myself living in a place like that, but um, it's been great. It's honestly been awesome. We were lucky to be in Connecticut. We had a great time there, met a lot of great people, great family town, and we were living out here in Peachtree City, same sort of thing. We actually live in this little golf cart community, so I'm golf carting to like Starbucks and places like that, even mm. though I don't golf at all because I suck at mm. golf. And I hate that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask the perfunctory XBC uh, question How much do you miss us? The West Coast? Uh, I do, I do miss, I do miss BC. I don't get out there as often as I should. Uh, you know, my parents and, and my in-laws, they usually come to see us now because we got the kids. Uh, so we don't get there out, uh, out there as often as we probably should. But you know what? I, I love Toronto. We were in Toronto for about 10 years and I've been back to Toronto, I think once or twice and, and COVID had a lot to do with it, obviously. Uh, wow. But, you know, I, I got to make my way back to Canada a little more often. But the thing is, like, since we've moved here, you know, when we lived in Connecticut, we were doing the New Yorks and Boston's because they were nice and close and kind of exploring Rhode Island was a great spot that we used to like. And now being out here in Georgia, uh, you know, we've tried the, the Nashvilles, which I don't know if you guys have been to Nashville or not. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my first experience at it. I, yeah. I'm yeah. blown away by it. And then, like, Florida, we have some family and friends in Florida, so we do a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, well, along your ways, uh, you have gotten to know – the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks, Rick Tockett. You worked with him on a panel on TNT. Tell us about the Tockett you know yeah. and uh, tell us what you think his chances are here to be the, the guy who turns around the Vancouver Canucks after a near decade here of missing the playoffs. Yeah, Talk's a great guy, man. No, no doubt about it. Talk's a great guy. And that part of it I can I can vouch for. Uh, I was able to spend a lot of nights with him here at TNT. I, I worked with him a couple times. Uh, we did the playoffs together. Um, last season and the conference uh, finals. And um, he, he's just so down to earth. You know, like sometimes when you meet ex-athletes and, and you get to know them a little bit, and you're like, ah, it's not what I kind of thought. Uh, talks mm-hmm. the complete opposite. And, and when we lost him, no doubt, this is not a lie. Um, when we lost Talk, it, it was a big deal at TNT because A, he's a great broadcaster, but B, he's an even better person, which is kind of the, the theme of what, uh, they like to do that. That Turner is try to. Well, I should say Warner Brothers Discovery now. Technically, uh, is what we like to do is to get good people. And, and talk was one of those guys. Now his chances in Vancouver. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit off air. Early returns were good at the end of the year, right? Uh, but let's see what happens. You know, this season. Obviously, um, he was put in a tough spot. <laughs> you guys know this way better than I do. He was put in a real tough spot. So um, I, I, I'm rooting for him. You know just because I love him as a person. And, and I think that, uh, you know, A, he's a great hockey guy, but B, you know, okay, just a great person to to kind of back and, and just want to see do well. And I want to see the Canucks do well again. You know, it's been a while. And then they became the brunt of every joke around the NHL. All of a sudden, they became one of the worst franchises out there. So uh, with the way everything ended with Bruce, you know, it, it'd be nice to see Vancouver do well. It was the worst kept secret of the, at the time, but – did it also surprise you in the fact, like, did he talk about wanting to be a coach again, Rick Tockett, or, or did that part of it surprise you a little bit? Yeah, there was always some jokes. There was a, People would always make jokes on Aaron stuff, too. And Rick, you could tell. Like, he loved broadcasting. I think he got in there at first, didn't know what it would be like, and then he just started to love it because he was really good at it, and they had great chemistry on set, you know, with Gretz and, and uh, with Biz and Liam and Anson. Um, but I think he loved that part of it, but you could tell. You could tell, especially when they gave him the board, you know, and he's drawing up plays. On you could tell, like there was a part of him that is still a coach, wanted to be a coach, and that's why he, you know, he, he took the right opportunity. I don't think Talk just took any opportunity 
uh, it had to be the right opportunity for him. And, and, um, you know, he obviously believes that he can, he can do great things in Vancouver. Well, um, we look forward to the day where the Vancouver Canucks are featured on TNT. That will signal that they have made it, Nabil, when they're finally doing a national game. Might need a couple of years. They yeah. were, they were, on, they were on. No, oh, they were really, on once, I think. really, oh, really? Well, wow. I think they were. We had because we had right. Tom on. We, yeah, That's they were right. definitely on. We did have. We had them on TNT. We That's did right. a pregame thing. End of the year, yes, there was a game on. Once. My mistake. Um. And that's saying something, considering what <laughs> yes. that product was last year. Hey, <laughs> you're doing hoops no as well. What do you make of this Canadian uh, roster for the FIBA World Cup? Real chance here. Make some noise in another sport. Yeah, it's a, it's exciting. 100% exciting. And, and you know what's kind of cool is that we got to a point in, in Canadian basketball where we can cut NBA players at, at, at a point. And I know there are some that are not there that haven't been cut, but I'm just saying, like, we're at a point where we have so much talent coming in that, you know, you're not begging people to come play. Now, there are some guys, a guy like Andrew Wiggins, you would hope would have been on the roster, which kind of would have helped. Uh, he, he's a big part of that, and there are a few other names out there. But I like our chances, and I like the fact that we got Jamal Murray and Shea Gilgis-Alexander leading the way. I mean, two guys who want to be there, who are not even in the prime of their careers, right? Like, they're they're not there yet even. Uh, and – Shea, Shea is just so exciting. Uh, I mean, just watching what he did with Oklahoma this year, that was incredible. I don't think anybody saw that coming. And, I, and again, I deal with all these basketball guys and these analysts, and, and we talked about him so much this year. And the one thing about him, and even Jamal to a certain extent too, they both play at their own pace, right? Because they're not the craziest athletes by the standards of like the NBA, but they're able to play at their own pace, which is so rare. They slow things down. They do it. You know, their way uh, with Jamal, we saw in the playoffs this year. So, you know, in the big moments, a guy like Jamal Murray is going to make that shot. So it, it is really exciting to see what what's to come this summer and then potentially at the Olympics. I mean, those are two players that will get MVP votes in their careers. You know, oh, like, yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's kind of crazy to think that we've got two of them. They'll be on the floor at the same time. And, you know, they're a year away from probably both getting MVP votes. It's just crazy. Yeah, especially with Shea, like last year, he was on the MVP watch early in the year and then midway through the yeah. year. Um, and then you were trying to figure out what, what's OKC doing here. Are they going to want to make the playoffs or not and so forth? And he kind of dipped out a little bit. But he had that incredible year. And you're right, like Jamal is going to be a guy too. Now with him playing with Nikola Jokic, it's, it might be harder for him to get MVP votes. But You're right. There's a big, there's a big shadow in yeah. his own team. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, no doubt. But, you know, there might be a time where that switches, right? And Nicola is that kind of teammate that I don't think would care that, hey, it's Jamal. Jamal's getting the recognition because I don't think Nicola himself really wants it all. So, um, again, it's just exciting to see because I, I think back to the days when I was, you know, playing high school at Steve Nash, right? And, and we were all we were all so fascinated by how good Steve was at that time. And it was such an anomaly for a Canadian to do that at that level. And now to see we have so many Canadians in the NBA and so many of them playing at such a high level. I mean, you look at a guy like Dylan Brooks, and everyone, you know, was saying what they were about Dylan at the end of the season. Man, I mean, he went out and just got an eighty million dollar mm-hmm. contract. <laughs> and 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 Dylan, when he's playing, you know, to his capabilities and within, you know, his role, is excellent. Like he's going to be a big part of this Canadian basketball team, especially defensively and kind of creating identity. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about um, what awaits Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Jamal Murray, and the crazy part is neither of them are first overall picks. We've had two of them, and of course, Wiggins and Barrett yep. were probably the most ballyhooed high schoolers and, and collegians yeah. coming out, and yet we still have this. Yeah, this should we should be yeah. we should be ahead of where we are. Yeah, you know, we're Anyways. we're lucky that we are where we are. Uh, we will watch the World Cup with interest, as we will watch next hockey season with interest as well. Nabil, congratulations on all your success, man! Thanks for making time here today, and come back and see us at some point. All right, I will one hundred percent. We'll do it in person next. Beautiful. Time. We'll have yes, you to the please. studio. All right, guys. Care some price from Wall Center, a presentation of the Applewood Auto Group. You can text us 778-402-9680. It's the Great Clips text message inbox. Great clips. Great clips. Oh, I beat you to it. I was setting you up. Great clips. Gonna be great. Oh! Hey, turned it on its ear there. 
<laughs> Errors and omissions from Friday's program. A couple of simple ones here. Uh, we thought Mike D'Agostino would be the head coach in place of Annie Sartini. He was, in fact. Uh, the S versus P record going into last week was 4-1-2. and two. I got a tie thanks to the YouTube voters. And then the pronunciation of first-round Russian winger to the Arizona Coyotes, Daniil Boot. Yeah, we should we should have known this. It's embarrassing we didn't because of yes. Das Boot. You know the Eastern sort of pronunciation. It's of not that. boo. It's no. not bot. It's boot. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to Colton on Twitter and others. Embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel shame. Grady, yeah, anything from your? Uh, no, that that was it for me. Time to move on to Blake's Bodog line of the day. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, sports odds. Who you like, what you got? I don't have any particular emotional affiliation to this match, but um, I, it's just it, it underlines um, the fact that soccer really doesn't have an offseason. Um, there's a, a friendly, Tottenham versus West Ham. I mean, I thought these guys were on vacation, but no, they're getting back at it already. Uh, it's a friendly with West Ham getting major underdog status, plus 240 on West Ham for the NAA Tottenham. Are they going to dress their A lineup? Probably not. Uh, go with West Ham with a little upset and a friendly, plus 240. On your Bodog line of the day. Thanks for listening, everybody. A reminder to subscribe to us and Rankwide wherever you get your podcasts. And please follow us on Twitter, Insta, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Threads. Do support the community sponsors you hear us talking about. Keep it local. 